happy Halloween, everyone! That sounded more like some Christmas shit. Yeah. I'm bringing two things together. Ooh. It's more of a Halloween oh, thing. Okay, fair enough. <laughs> <laughs> it wasn't that bad. <laughs> well, yes and no. But anyways. Anyways. Hello and welcome back to the Dead Red Herring Podcast. Woo! We're back once more. Well, at least welcome back if you heard our earlier episodes. And welcome if you're brand new. <laughs> I suppose you're welcome if you're brand new, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> wow, the enthusiasm. Oh, yes. You were complaining about that for me <laughs> last time. I learned. Yeah. You're a good pupil. <laughs> <laughs> but since it's the time of spooky it's uh, beginning to be the end of spooktober yeah so for you english folks yanks yanks and stuff you have your halloween and here in sweden it's well it's getting a hold yeah yeah it's we're beginning to embrace it also and all right fine it's uh, more of an english irish american holiday but Nah, I don't mind. But it's not Swedish. <laughs> we have the more of the original thought about All Hallows Eve. Allhelgon yes. Afton, as it's called. Allhelgons Afton. Mm. Where you go, well, to the graveyard, light some candles, and think about the dead. Yeah. Think <laughs> about past the past ones. The dearly departed. Yeah. So, yeah, that's. I suppose that's cozy and all, and. Uh, we, Graveyards, candles, cozy. Mm. <laughs> Not my pick for a romantic date, but hey. Yeah. You never tried it. No, too spooky for me. Too spooky. <laughs> but since we're in the middle of uh, this spooky, spooky month or time of spookiness. Time of spookiness. Yeah. I think it's appropriate we're going to have a little talk about horror. Yeah. Horror in movies. Games, literature, maybe? Yeah. All over. In the genre. The genre of the horror. Perhaps even in folklore. I don't know. Yeah. Let's see what we... Let's see what we can find. Yes. So first off, um, I guess we should go into the complaint department. <laughs> <laughs> because why start out happy and all when you can go to complaining? You know, we're going to... Yeah, exactly. We're going to do this. We're going to so do com- this the Complain first. Complain first. Then we're going to go up to a little bit of happiness, and then we're going to end up complaining again. Yeah. I suppose. The so, Swedish curve. Oh, yes. <laughs> Curves. Mm. Yeah. Because when it comes to horror, uh, I like the genre. I think there is a lot of good stuff, mm-hmm. but there's equally or actually even more bad stuff. Because yeah. when it comes to both games and movies and literature, the setting and story is really what's important. But today, and I think it's been like this for a long time now, the story, oftentimes it's not really there. The, no. There's more of a reliance on the adrenaline-pumping sheep scare, or jump scare. Boo! Yeah. Yeah, like, like that. And I totally agree. I would like to embrace more horror genre. <laughs> like I'm I'm not so very fond about jump scares. No, not me either. Like it what what can you say? It it's it's kind of a turn off for me for the genre. Like 
when you're sitting enjoying the movie and the uh, the story and like yeah and suddenly there's this loud noise screeching violence and oh shit something's there but it's not really well no it's more this natural reaction yeah because you get this instant fight or flight impulse and and in the in the long run th- this turns really tiresome yeah and it's like you st- you start to anticipate it yeah so that whenever you watch something it's like oh when's it going to come especially around this time even when you're on youtube yeah and you uh, like uh vsauce did that thing <laughs> at some yeah. point yeah i think it's in the episode where they talk about the uncanny valley mm-hmm. at the end of that episode they do a sort of jump scare yeah and i i get it it's halloween it's supposed to be spooky and all and you get this <laughs> frightening but thing but it's yeah. just so goddamn tiresome that everyone is doing it but did you notice when we started mentioning the word word jump scare mm-hmm. like you, you sort of tense up a bit like what jump scare when when so i think the f- threat of a jump scare can be very effectful but it's it's sort of like anticipating someone to come poke you in your side yeah it's you know it's going to happen at some point you just it makes you uncomfortable yeah and it's like, i know you're there motherfucker <laughs> But I suppose that's a, a somewhat of a uh, appropriate reaction for real horror. I think the main difference between the sheep sort of jump scares and the real horror is that you don't need that loud crash. You don't need that in-your-face in, in image screaming. No. Because when it comes to the real horror, it, it's already in your mind. Because... The the best form of horror, in my opinion, is the psychological one. Yeah. Where you actually start thinking about it, start doubting whether something could be or couldn't be. Yeah. Uh, and, and this uncertainty, it starts building up inside and to the point where your, your perception of things starts to be a bit muddy, mm-hmm. if you get what I'm saying. Yeah, I, th- I think so. And, and this is what makes an experience really frightening because when you're not really sure whether it's well to say it's real or not or or if there is going to be like you imagine the worst case scenario and mm. you really expect this worst case thing to happen mm. and if you actually have a good story with characters you care about, yeah. you will react to that. It's like, oh shit, I really like this person, but oh fuck, don't go in there! Don't open the door! No, don't do <laughs> it! Don't do it! Yeah. Yeah. Uh, yeah, I totally agree. It's somewhat, um, I would kind of say the fear of the unknown. Mm-hmm. It's a very effective in yeah. those scenarios. Like, y- you have no idea what's gonna come and like... Uh, yeah, the unknown threat. Yeah. But even though if you can see the threat, I mean, if if we look at uh, the old Halloween movie, yep, you you actually feel the horror of Michael Myers <laughs> hunting you. <laughs> yep, and I mean he's not some paranormal entity. No, he he's just a a psychopathic man. Yeah, with a knife, and and that's, that's enough. Yeah, because he's a big threat. 
Then again, you can have games like Silent Hill, mm -hmm. where you have the supernatural, but it frightens you because you don't understand it. Exactly. And even if you do understand it, it's just that it's so out of this world that, well, it's, it's a big threat. And that's the main thing when it comes to horror. There has to be a big threat of some sort, yep. whether it's actually a creature or it's the impending feeling of doom or mental illness. Yep. And, and when it comes to, to this whole feeling exposed part, because that's also a main feature. You need to feel like you're, you are the weaker part. That whatever it is that you're confronting is way bigger, stronger, faster than you are. Yeah. And you can do nothing to defend yourself against it. Or at least very little to defend yourself against it. Mm. That is also why you have games like... Um, Amnesia. Yeah. That's... The Dark Descent, the first one. <laughs> yep. I love that game because it's all about the atmosphere and that, well, it's a descent into madness. insanity and madness. Yeah. And, and when, when actually the grunts appear, <clears throat> you run away screaming. Yeah. Because you, now you feel, you, you have this, like, something is uh, hunting you. And, yeah. Yeah, fuck, fuck, oh, fuck, 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 fuck. But the main thing about that game, as far as I have... Uh, I I have seen no jump scares. There maybe well, some like there there are some jump scares, but, but it, it's but not really like this. I want to see like jump scares. Like jump scares is like something that suddenly appears in front of you and like yeah, doing like that and like those goddamn flash games <laughs> <sighs> screamers. Yeah. Remember those people? Ah, fuck them. But yeah, yeah okay, okay. In, in that case, sure, it's not a jump scare. It's not a sheep scare. No, no, like. The cat. A, a cat, so to speak. Yeah. Cat scare. <laughs> <laughs> exactly. Like, it's... Uh, it sort of builds up on the eeriness. Mm -hmm. More of a horror discharge. Like, I, I would like to... I have a um, sort of a similarity. Like, jump scares is like a comedian going around tickling people in the audience and claiming his act works because people are laughing. Yeah. Sort it's of. Like, it's... It's that natural reaction, like you said, the fight or flight yeah. reaction. Someone's going to poke in your sides and you're like tensing up because you know it's going to come at yeah. any point. And like in Amnesia, you, you have that feeling, but nothing really happens like that. And, but it builds up this eeriness. It, it, you expect it. Yeah. You expect to see the monster behind the next corner. Yeah. Uh, and, and that was what is giving the game such great effect. And when you actually do get something that sort of jumps at you, it's, it, it isn't that you get these, this, well, screaming face and everything. It's just that you have already had this feeling of dread building up inside you. And when you actually get a release to that, it comes in full force. Yeah. There, I mean, it, there are a lot of good... Playthrough videos yeah. on Amnesia, yeah. For for example, but you, exactly, you don't need more than that. No, it, to, it's because uh, have this it's inside feeling. your head, and yeah. that's the main feature. You don't need to have this screamer jump out at you because if you can get inside someone's head with the fear and and dread, you got the the job done for you. It's like when it comes to writing, mm -hmm. you don't wanna go into the native details of stuff more than you have to. You just need to give the reader enough to have him or her 
make his own image of what oh yeah i i have a, seeing. i have a pet peeve with that i like i listen to a lot of um read throughs of uh, creepy pastas mm-hmm. uh when i have done when i've been working and such yeah. like i i find it enjoyable there are enjoyable stories but you also notice that these stories are written by people who had they have this image that they want to give to the reader mm-hmm. so to speak and and that's always a example of uh, mistakes they've been making they're doing the telling and not showing mm. like you said they go into these itty bitty little pieces of uh, describing like the uh, this this scene and then you see the monster and the monster was uh, long arms big teeth big teeth going gray on. and uh, like all right yeah, into the main the the tiny details of yeah. it all instead of just giving you enough to make your own idea of what it is yeah and and you notice that because you notice that the writer want you to see the monster the way they're seeing so mm-hmm. they really want you to look yeah, at th- those they details w- they want you to have the same image and and that's what the story has basically been building up to mm-hmm. and i have I have issues with that <laughs> because, like, I have been in suspense the whole story, and like, okay, come on, come on, it's getting better and better, and then they reveal the monster, and and you blew it. <laughs> I got two good examples about this. Yeah, the first one is the movie Signs. Yeah, where a whole lot of the first part of the movie just goes to have this invisible threat and it just keeps building and building and building until the point where when they actually show the alien Mm. and that first image of seeing it that acts as the the unloading of your expectations of all the dread that's been building up the climax yeah it becomes a climax because after that you f- it, at least I feel that nothing was scary anymore. No. After that point, it was more or less like, oh yeah, it's an alien flick. Ugh. Yeah. Hands under the doors and everything. But uh, my second example is... Uh... Oh god, what is it? Ah! <laughs> I forgot. The suspense. Yeah, I know. Yeah, I have, <clears throat> I have um, an example. The Langoliers. Yeah, with that's Steve, a good one. Stephen King, like, yeah, and the say what you want about the, uh, the TV movie, but when they described, uh, they built up like s- they're stuck in. Yeah, by the way, spoilers, people. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> Langliers is really old, so I mean, it's a classic. Come yeah. on, see it. But there, well, if you want to laugh, see yeah, it. Yeah, oh, fair <laughs> enough. If you want a good suspense, read it. Yeah, and like they're stuck in. In the past, and they don't have no idea what's going on, and they hear something. Something is coming. Mm-hmm. You have no idea what's coming, and you keep hearing this, the Langoliers, the Langoliers. They're coming, they're coming, they're coming. And then they reveal the monsters. Yeah. And, <laughs> I, I mean, the, the very look of the monsters. Like, imagine... <laughs> oh, the bad CGI. <laughs> bad CGI meatballs with, like, chainsaw teeth. Yeah. I mean, only that is, it's so bad. But when, 
And then you have the, like they reveal the monster. And like, no, don't do that. <laughs> the funny thing about that is that when I think about it today, uh, to me, the Langoliers looked like some sort of enemy you could actually encounter in uh, Legend of Zelda: Ocarina of Time. <laughs> <laughs> That's the quality yeah. of it. It's oh, like, oh yeah. Oh shit! It's not scary at all, is it? <laughs> yeah, actually, yeah. But I mean, but that's a good example of a discharge of your expectations. Mm-hmm. All right, fair enough. It's at the end, but it could be done better. It could be done a whole lot better. But then again, this is a Stephen King TV yeah. series, miniseries. Yeah. And we we know that when it comes to Stephen King work adapted into TV, it ain't the best. No, his books. There we can talk about suspense. Yeah, well, it's a whole different thing with the books. Yeah, you have so many. I mean, the only thing that actually worked with Stephen King was The Shining, which of. <clears throat> Yeah, the the Kubrick kind. Yeah, because that's not close to the original. <laughs> no, no, no. I I know, and uh, Stephen King actually said that, but it worked. Yeah, it well, wor- Kubrick's version s- of The Shining is that is actually a really good example of the 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 road into madness. Yeah, the the suspense without the uh, without. <laughs> I think we I have a saying for this, like the the corpse in the cupboard. Like imagine you you have a movie like and the um the main protagonist is going to a closet and open up and a corpse falls out. Mm. Is is that one? Leaky garderoben. Leaky garderoben. Yeah. Yeah. The, this uh, sudden uh, sudden frightening sight. Yeah. And and you have The Shining, which is it lacks that, but it also builds the uncomfortableness. Well, actually, it does have some of those scenes. Yeah, I know, but but it's not, it's not like the classic jump scare. Corpse yeah, no, the of course, it's not a corpse falling out and hugging you. That no, kind with the violins. Up. <laughs> yeah, exactly. No, 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 not like that. But so, but the eeriness and the the un- uncomfortable feeling you get when you you see all the small details and, and towards the the ending of the movie. That's when you really get the whole lot of it. Yeah, 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 yeah I know, and, and and that's why it works. I mm-hmm. think it's it builds on that little uncomfortable feeling in the back of your head, like oh, this is wrong. Yeah. So that, that's why I like with like with it. Yeah. It's not so in your face. Exactly. But then again, if we're gonna go into He's, the he said and thought about the blood in the elevator, but all right, <laughs> fuck it. But, but yeah, and then you have the scene with the the. Dog man, whatever it is, giving, looking like he's giving fly show to someone. That that that's just weird. <laughs> whatever the fuck that was. It's uncomfortable. I give them that. Yeah, but but when it comes to in your face things, I mean, monster flicks. All right. Yeah. You can have really good monsters and that actually scare you. Again, if I think about the Silent Hill game. Mm. Those who know about Pyramid Head, <clears throat> yeah, it's like you mention that, or or if you go to the zombified uh, nurses, I mean, people <laughs> yeah. get an image and they know shit. This 
is comfortable. Yeah. I mean, so you can have the, the clear image of the enemy or, or the threat, but it can still get you all worked up because you know that, oh, shit, I need to get away from this. <laughs> and <clears throat> we were actually having a sort of conversation about this before recording mm -hmm. where we had the question, or rather I had the question, which is more scary a, when it comes to games. Yeah. A game where you have no way of defending yourself, you can only run and try to escape or hide, or you have some means of defending yourself, but it's really ineffective. <laughs> Which of these is worse? Because I'm, I'm going to reference to Amnesia a whole lot here. because well, it's, it's a good example. Yeah. But, but in Amnesia, you have no way of defending yourself. You can only run away and hope to hide from whatever is haunting you. Hmm. In, uh, you had the game before from the same creator, the Penumbra games. Oh, yeah. We actually had sort of a mean to inflict damage on your enemies, but it wasn't really that effective. You have the old Resident Evil game. Mm. You, uh, for example, if we look at Resident Evil 2, you have the means to actually kill zombies and whatever creature is coming at you, but at the expense of your very limited supply of ammunition. <laughs> yeah. And if we look at the remake of Resident Evil 1 to the GameCube, where they introduced the Crimson Head zombies, which are the regular zombies that, if you don't burn them, will come back later as a faster and stronger sort that will more or less tear your throat out with <laughs> relative ease. Mm. So, I mean, these are effective tools. You can still kill them. You can defend yourself, but at great expense of your resources. And that's also part of the whole horror thing, that you have resources that are quite limited. I mean, you fear for your life, because you've invested a whole lot in, in the character, in, in playtime, in gathering resources. And if you don't have means to, well, be sure to keep your progress, whether it's progress within the, the storyline of the game, or... or uh, be sure to be able to get back the resources you've gathered or stuff like that, mm. you will become nervous. Because at this point, you have something to lose. Yeah. So... Yeah, that's an effective... Uh... Exactly. I mean, even Minecraft can be really <laughs> scary at times if you're playing on survival, you've actually found your first diamonds, but you know you have to go back through that cave and you had sort of a lack of torches and you know there are going to be zombies and skeletons. Yeah, I mean, the sheer panic and fright when you like do minding your own business and like yeah oh, god damn those fucking creepers <laughs> i mean now you, that's a fucking sheep scare if anything yeah yep it, it surely is and when you and you have this like i have something to lose ah fuck boom yeah but i agree i i find that um that kind of game when you can inflict damage but very ineffective i think that Maybe not the most frightening, but I think it's quite frightening because when you know that you have it's not very effective what you're gonna do, mm -hmm. you start to panic. Yeah, and that's uh, that's a very, <laughs> very effective. Oh, I got an iron pipe. I can defend myself. Whack! Oh shit! He's not doing anything. Work. Getting closer. <gasps> yeah. And and when you have and then you have the option to run away. Yeah. 
but in a game when you don't have an option to fight, then you must run away. Mm-hmm. And I, 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 I understand. It can be very frightening. I guess that's why you haven't played Amnesia yet. <sighs> I've started playing it, but I was like... <laughs> yeah, I've just not come through it yet, but I'm, I'm getting there. I'm getting there. We should do a live stream. Oh, yes, we should. <laughs> Fun stuff. Yeah. Anyway. Uh, but on the subject of uh, these games and such, I suppose we can talk a little bit about gore. Yeah. Not Al Gore, but <laughs> the bloody kind. Well, I guess that's scary as well. But <laughs> anyways. <laughs> Climate scare. <laughs> Very uncomfortable. Yeah. But but yeah, gore. That, that's a special category in itself. Yeah, and what... Oh. I actually... Sorry for interrupting, but, okay. but last night I actually watched some playthroughs of uh, Splatterhouse. Oh? Yeah, it's... Well, a, a old game series. It came to... Sega Genesis, I think. Hmm. But I, I, I just watched some playthrough where it was uh, the player took on all the bosses without taking damage. It was really interesting to see. <laughs> but what I th- r- remember thinking about when I was watching this is that this is really gory. And this is really the, the image I kind of get when talking about the 90s sort of horror because it's a lot of gore, a lot of this weird monster creatures and ultraviolence actually (laughs) and that's sort of what I remember from growing up in the 90s when it came to horror but but it's more of a legacy from the 80s when you had sort of uh, well you had both Alien you had uh, The Thing yeah. The fly. I mean, yeah. there was a lot of gore at that point. Yeah. And then it translated into the slashers in the middle of the 90s, and I never was a fan of those. Well, I think the slashers also came in the midst of the 80s. Yeah, which, sure. Uh, I mean, both Halloween, Friday the 13th, and uh, Nightmare on Elm Street. Yeah. Are, well, I guess you could call them slashers. Well, they are have a killer that kills a lot of the protagonists. I yeah. would certainly call it slasher. Yeah, but at least it's not the 90s sort of slasher. Because... <laughs> it's ridiculous. Yeah. Screaming bimbos at the point where you're actually rooting for the killer to... Come on, kill She's her! She's over there! Yeah. Cut her! <laughs> Make her shut up! <laughs> oh, yeah. Yeah, but I, th- I think that sort of took over from the legacy of these 80s uh, mm-hmm. slasher flicks and and already then it was somewhat ridiculous amount of gore and blood and yeah uh, but I think the, the reason they made them sort of ridiculous was to lessen yeah. the impact of the fright I suppose because yeah I was uh, thinking about it actually does a lot of sp- slash or splatter make good horror I think it could. It could, but like you said, it sort of takes the edge of things because mm-hmm. you're just sitting there in sheer awe and like, how much blood is in this bitch? <laughs> yeah, exactly. The Texas Chainsaw Massacre, <laughs> the, the old one. Yeah. I mean, there's so much blood mm-hmm. splatter all over. It's like, wow, you can fill a tub with that. Yeah, but that's also a great, uh, great example of uh, this uncomfortable feeling. 
Yeah, the gore. Yeah, the gore category. Yeah, like, oh shit, this could actually happen in real life. Yeah. Like, oh, I mean, is... the remake of the Texas Chainsaw Massacre with the, well, I guess the more common form of Leatherface that we have today. Yeah. Uh, I When that one came, I didn't really watch it. I, I'd never been really interested in that movie. But there's a scene of it that is sort of a found footage part. Yeah. From a police body cam where they go into, I think it's either the basement or the, or his shack or whatever it is and look mm. around. And then there's this closet where Leatherface springs out from. And that scene, that's really awesome. Mm. Well, it, it, I think we could consider it to be a, a jump scare, but I think it's actually well done right. because this is, when it comes to found footage filming, we'll get to that in a sec. Yeah. But th- there's ways to do it good and ways to do it bad. But in this case, I think they made it really good because looking at it, as I remember at least, I never really thought about this as being acted. No. My first impression was that, oh shit, this is, is this real footage? Is this like from sort of behind the scenes inspiration base where the police actually came through? Oh no, it's still part of the movie. Oh shit. <laughs> oh, there's a lot of faces. Yeah, I, it was real to me when I saw it. Hmm. I think it would react different today, but, yeah. but that's also the part of the found footage film. That is what made the Blair Witch Project really intense. Yeah. Because you actually could believe that this was found footage from teenagers in the wood. This could actually happen. Yeah. And, and the suspense built by the Blair Witch Project was this... It, actually, it, it's almost, or at some point, it actually goes over the tipping point of being ridiculous. But it's, it's this thing when you have a handheld camera with the old quality. Yeah, yeah. shaking and everything yeah. and someone just going around in the woods, woods and finding these weird things that, mm. that you actually start thinking could that really be? And, and this is the part where I, that I was talking about earlier when you start doubting whether it, a thing could be or not be Yeah, because you know when, with your logical side that nah that, this is shit this could never be mm. but if you at some point start doubting that thought, yeah, that's when you're in the grip of the movie. Yeah, I suppose. That's <clears throat> that, that's a good good feeling. So yeah, and upon this subject of this could actually be, it was this was a thought I actually had right now when I was sitting here and when I was gonna steer the conversation of uh, torture porn, mm-hmm. but. When when I was uh, sitting here thinking, the movie Hostel. Yeah. It basically the premise is uh, people get uh, kidnapped by this these people that holds uh, sort of a fake hostel and keeps them in the basement and people get come there and do unspeakable things to them like torture, esque style like making them watch, sort of My Little Pony or stuff like that. Don't <laughs> don't be a monster. <laughs> Yeah, yeah, but I, like, if you have the money, you can come there and like do unspeakable yeah. things to these people. When I was actually looking up this movie and saw it, it's somewhat based upon real events. Mm-hmm. There was this uh, hotel in Thailand that was doing this. Oh shit! Yeah, and I and that's when I actually like 
Okay, that is somewhat uncomfortable, unnerving. Yeah. <laughs> when you actually know that th- this could happen and this has happened. Mm-hmm. That is an uncomfortable feeling. Yeah. And I think that's what made the Hostel movies, well, I, I can't really remember if they were a success or not, but they gained a, a lot mm. of popularity. And yeah, I think I suppose. The, the aspect of it being based on reality and on, and also thinking that this could be happening. Too close for comfort. Yeah, it's like going to creepypastas and reading about red roots. Yeah, yeah. The, it's I, the same I, thing. Exactly. The, 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 the possibility of it being real is what's really unnerving. Yeah. But then when you have this, upon this subject of torture porn, mm-hmm. this form of horror, I mean, all right, fair enough. It, it, it's somewhat effective when you know this can happen. But when you have this horror that is all just based upon you react revolted to the thing you're seeing, uh, the Saw movies, mm-hmm. the Human Centipede movies, Hostel, yeah. speak. There are countless more. I have uh, a girl next door. I, 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 I don't remember more of these titles, but I think the movie Seven sort of fits. Sort of. But, but this is actually Seven is well made. Yeah, it's yeah. not torture porn. No, in the same sense as it's either just Hostel uncomfortable. Or, it's or very. Soft. Yeah, it's uncomfortable, but yeah. but they they have the elements. Of the torture horror. But they don't show it. No. That's the good part. Yeah. Well, they, they show the, the consequences yeah, of it all, the well, but they don't show the torture. No, exactly. And that's very effective, because when you've seen just people being tortured on upon uh, in the movie, and <laughs> your reaction is just based upon you feeling revolted and being scared because of that. Mm-hmm. I don't think that's a good way to be scared. No, no, not really. Is the thing is that if we're talking about, well, Saw. Yeah. I like the first movie. Yeah. I think that the way they did the first movie actually captured the the idea of the concept. Yeah. But the following movies, it, it was just, oh, hey, let's make some more of these death traps. Yeah, I, I was thinking about that. When you have like a whiteboard right up like, okay, uh... The reverse bear trap. Well, let's put that there. Yeah. And and, and uh, the, a spike room. Put that there. Yeah. We're gonna have a story between this. Uh, <sighs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. Make something up, I suppose. Uh, but, <laughs> but but I I I suppose Saw is a movie or movies that this torture. I don't I don't want to say works, but it's somewhat fascinating. I like the traps. Yeah. I, I like the contraptions. That's yeah. that's the reason I watch the movies, actually. And Jigsaw can be quite uh, compassionate sometimes. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> He's a compassionate guy. He wants to punish bad people. Yeah, well, sort of. Sort of. It, it gets really weird toward the later movies. Yeah. And I think that at that point, I gave up totally on the story. And just, yeah. it's like fast forward forwarding between the uh, contraptions. Yeah. That's what I want to see. <laughs> I don't give a damn about the story anymore. It's just... Yeah. Wait, how? Why? That's just stupid. Come on. All right. Next trap. Yeah. Um, but but then I suppose you have a little fun way to have the torture, so yeah. to speak. They're more like... I don't want to say glorified, not glorified, but uh, very... Um, 
elaborate executions, yeah. so to speak. But when you have movies that just base upon torture to be scary, mm-hmm. nah. I know it's an uncomfortable feeling that someone being tortured. I don't like it. I hate it, actually. Yeah. But I don't think it's a very good horror method. No. Well, it's not scary. It's just repulsing. Yeah. That, that's the, actually the exactly. essence of it. And that's, unfortunately, a lot of a lot of times in creepypastas, like, when it's not a monster that is being described, it's a gore scene. Yeah. Like, okay, we, uh, I, I want to scare you, but I don't have a very good, I don't have a good setting. Uh, torture! Gore, 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 torture, torture, <laughs> nightmare, 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 nightmare. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> and uh, it doesn't really work, but, <sighs> yeah, no, mm. too close to comfort. It's more, more effective. I think, again, what makes a lot of these things work is that, that, uh, well, or rather, let me phrase it like this. The reason torture porn, yeah, <laughs> we could call it that, yeah, torture horror doesn't really work as frightening oftentimes is that it's too explicit. Yeah. It, it does the mistake of showing, showing everything. But when you have something that only goes halfway, it's yeah. a lot more scary because you're not really sure what to expect. And you instead create your own images. Mm. Which actually reminds me of my second example of when, <laughs> when the story goes awry and you think everything is, is just stupid instead. Yep. Uh, insidious. <laughs> Yep. The scene where you get to see the demon and everything. And I'm like, <laughs> at that point, I'm like, nope. Nope. Oh, they're Tiny Tim tiptoe through the tulips while grinding your claws on an old it's, it's not scary. No. Not at all. Th- that's just, oh God. <laughs> Send in the Care Bears. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. yeah. So, so, yeah, that, that was my second example. Yeah. And I think that's actually sort of a thing with the whole torture horror as well, because once someone actually pulled out the drill and put it in the mouth of someone else and just goes apeshit, at that point you've taken away all the suspense, you see the results and and, yeah. Meh. Yeah. Imagine the same scene, but you're seeing this person take out the drill and then fade out like to the corridor. And you hear the sounds instead. That that's way more effective. Yep. Imagination, people. Yeah. <laughs> Go get some. Get some. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, that's uh, somewhat our. Yeah. Well. So w- I think we could discuss this a whole lot more, but but yeah. Final question: Modern horror, does it work? Define modern horror. This overuse of jump scares and uh, scary scenery and all that. Uh, if you want to have a reaction, it works. Yeah. If you want to have people sitting on the edge in in real dread and fear, being sleepless for nights to yeah, come. Yeah. No. 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 Because you get the jump scare and suddenly it's like, yeah, that was a monster. Eh. And Who cares? Yeah, and I think that's the problem. Like we have associated horror with jump scares. Yeah, that is not something we should. Uh, the, the the they're not the same. No, uh, not at all. 
You know you've seen a good movie when you're actually afraid of the monster under the bed. Yep. Exactly. Like, I remember when I was a little, I saw the movie The Gate. It's, it's from the 80s, and basically two boys accidentally... I don't want to say open a gate to hell, but... Sort of something like that? Yeah, they, they accidentally made a ritual and sort of <laughs> unleashed a demon into the house. And I, I, was, I was scared for... I was a child and months to come. Mm. I was young. See it. Now <laughs> it's quite amusing, actually. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, I know that. I mean, look it up and see why I'm being ridiculous. I was being ridiculous. Yeah, <laughs> I'm being ridiculous right now. So. Well, you're easily frightened when you're a child, so I mean. Yeah. Yeah. And, and I'm that... still easily frightened. Yeah, well. Jump scares! Socialism! Technology! Yeah. So, yeah. Mm. I think that's. That's our gripe. I, I think we'll have to wrap it up <laughs> at that point. <laughs> we're, we're getting off track right now. Yeah. So, yeah, anything we want to add? Uh, well, you as a listener, what's your thoughts about horror and the things we've been talking about? Uh, do you think that jump scares is a good thing or do you want to, like, puke on it like we do? Mm. Write, write a comment. Write a comment. Send in drawings. Oh, God. <laughs> oh, God, no. <laughs> <laughs> It would give us something to be sleepless of. Yeah. Well, you can always send it to us on our Twitter. Yeah. DRH Podcast. One word. We are there. We're on Twitter. posting like, like crazy. Yeah, sort of. And we can actually mention that we are on Podbean. Yep. And iTunes. Yep. And hopefully soon on Spotify. Hopefully. So, no promises. <clears throat> look out for that. Yep. But if... Well, if you actually listen to us on either Podbean... Podbean or iTunes, that, that was kind of redundant. We're talking to, to the YouTube people right now. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> hey, people on uh, iTunes and Podbean. We're on YouTube also. Hey! <laughs> <laughs> so, yeah. Mm. Yeah, I think we'll have to end it at that. Yes. Thank you so much for listening. I hope um, you enjoyed and... Uh, have a great Halloween. Have a great spooky time. Have a frightfully good time. <laughs> You're not scaring anyone, though. What if I show you this? Ah! And with that, have a good one.